yeah. Okay. See, like, right now we're live. Oh, okay. This is the latest episode of Conversations with Random Nobodies. That's my wife, Laura. Laura, this is Dennis. Hi. Dennis nice is our guest on the couch today. <laughs> He's a, a co-worker of mine. Uh, some would say peer. Some maybe would not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is how the format works. We just sit and bullshit. Okay. Like, for instance... My first question to you, yes, because I feel like you can actually shed some light on this matter and maybe put this whole thing to rest. Okay. As a gay man, yes. How gay is the movie <laughs> Top Gun? Well, that was, it's a great question, but I have never seen it. You've never seen Top Gun. I have Gun? never seen Top Gun. Okay. I know Tom Cruise is in it. That's all I know. Well, you'll have to watch it and get back to me. There's a four-minute scene of a bunch of them shirtless playing volleyball. I mean, it sounds great. Sounds <laughs> for what was supposed to be like an 80s macho action flick. Right. I've never really been into a lot of Tom Cruise films. Um, the only, I mean, I, I did like uh, uh, where he played an agent. Minority Report? No, he played a sports agent. Oh, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. I did like Jerry Maguire. But other than that, I haven't really seen a whole lot of Tom Cruise. Really? Mm-hmm. So your extent... <laughs> Jerry yeah. Maguire. That's the extent of Tom Cruise for me. Good grief. <laughs> Never saw Risky Business? That sounds familiar. I may have a long time ago, but... So the one overtly silly rom-com? That's silly rom-com cliche is the one of the gay guy scene. <laughs> None of the Mission Impossibles. I don't think I've ever seen a Mission Impossible. I think I gave up like four ago. <laughs> I'm not sure how many there is are. There like, I saw the original trilogy. Is there like 15 or 20 of them now? I don't know how many there are because it's like th- that bullshit they do with the horror movies where they stop n- numbering them. Right. So there was Mission Impossible and then two and then three and then afterwards they started getting names like Ghost Protocol or, you know, Secret Nazi Camp Out or whatever. Okay. So it's hard to keep track of how many there are. Like, with Friday the 13th, once they started not numbering them, or like Jason Goes to Hell, or Jason X, or whatever, which was not right. 10. Yeah, see, and so I, I think there's like 8. I lived like a very sheltered childhood, and so I've recently started getting into more tri- or more films, more Marvel films, um, and a lot of it's because, you know my daughter is really interested in them. So I've started watching them because I just never watched them before. So I never knew if I was into them or not. But now that I'm starting to get into it, cause she's getting into it. Now I'm starting to watch all the, the Marvel films and the trilogies and things that I had never seen before. See, and I never got into those. Yeah. Ever. Cause stuff like that. It's like, they might have cool action set pieces and whatnot, but it's mostly the same shit. And there's no real risk of them doing anything groundbreaking with the story. Right. I mean, that's... You know how it's going to play out. You know how it's going to play out. Yeah, some people might... The good guy's going to (laughs) win. Yeah, it was the same thing with, like... I I understand Harry Potter's, like, well-regarded and... Well, maybe not now. (laughs) J.K. Rowling pissed off some folks, but... She did. Once upon a time, Harry Potter was immensely popular and well-regarded and whatnot, but I couldn't give a fuck because I knew from the first book in how the story was going to play out. It was going to be eventually a showdown between Harry and Voldemort. Some good guys were going to turn out to be 
enemies and some enemies were going to turn into companions and friends and she didn't have the balls to let harry lose so it's um, like all yeah. right whatever well and, and i think i think you know that's just film in general for the most part um but you know i think i think it's just different styles that people like you know there's different types of people in the world and I'm a person that likes the happy ending, and so, which is, I think, probably a good majority of people. And so, Hollywood kind of formulated their structure and their formula based off of, you know, the majority of people. But there are people that really enjoy good actual films. Right. And that, I would argue the popularity of Game of Thrones would suggest that there's probably also a shitload of people that can get into a show where. Hey, your favorite character probably is going to die. That's the way they structure that shit. They wait and see how the character tests, and then they're like, yeah, fuck that guy. Get rid see, of that and I've and I'm, I'm never watched Game of Thrones. And Neither I have I. And I think that's probably why I wouldn't like it. <laughs> and I'll tell you right now why I haven't watched Game of Thrones is because of The Lion King. Okay. Um, <laughs> just hear Love me out. that transition. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So there's a really overlooked line... In The Lion King. Okay. Okay. Simba grows up and eventually decides he has to go back to reclaim his kingdom Correct. from Scar, who Correct. apparently is such a shitty leader that he changed the weather Correct. in Africa. So, <laughs> so Simba goes there. back. Timon and Pumbaa, his buddies, after a brief moment of contemplation, are like, all right, let's go help the fucking guy out. So, they chase after him. Simba shows back up to Pride Rock and looks at this desolate wasteland that apparently is Scar's fault. Timon and Pumbaa inexplicably show up seconds later, even though it's a warthog and a meerkat on foot chasing down a lion. Correct. And Timon looks around and says... We're going to fight your uncle for this? <laughs> Talk about your fixer-upper. Right. And that's that, to me, stuck out even as a kid. I was like, yeah, we just left a fucking lush, thriving jungle with food and water. Like, let's just get the fucking lionesses and go to the jungle. Right. Why the fuck are we fighting over this? And that's the same thing Game of Thrones gave me. I watched, like, the first couple episodes, and I was like, why is everyone fighting over who gets to be in charge? That seems to be like the, the quickest worst. way to get killed. Right. <laughs> Everybody that's in charge is horribly murdered or poisoned and can't trust anybody. Like, And especially since most of the families that are involved in this power struggle are already doing fine. Right. They don't need to be king of the world, you know what I mean? Like Everybody loves a martyr. It's just goofy. Yeah, like, at what, at what point do you just go, wait a minute, how many of my sons do I need to lose <laughs> just so that I can get my youngest it's... son elected king of Game of Thrones and then he'll get poisoned by some yeah. bitch in a nun hat or whatever the fuck was going on? I yeah, honestly, I mean, you know, I, I think it's the... I think the reason we don't understand it as much is because, you know, we're in a city. And, and I say that because I come from the country, and it's a very tribal thing 
to take over a family business or it's a tribal thing yeah. to you know do anything and i think that's where a lot of creative minds even hollywood minds don't always come from the big cities they come from you know small towns and trying to escape those towns and having that creativity that just builds up and so i think it's they base their films off of that mentality of i'm trying to escape the world that i'm in but i still want to be in charge like i guess but also like it just i don't know it smacks of like like Donald Trump running for president. Like, yeah. did he need to run for president? No. And I'm sure as soon as he won, he probably got in there and was like, why the fuck did I do this? job right. sucks. Yeah. And, and he probably, you know... Compared to what I could be doing, what? this job sucks. Well, and I think, you know, honestly, that's probably why he hasn't even tried to run for re-election yet. You know, whether or not he's going to is up for up for grabs. But it all you're absolutely right, because... Why would you want the job? Yeah. I mean, you It pays it. like $600,000 a year, I think. And you're right. talking about a guy that's... I mean, this is open to interpretation, right. but he's worth more than six hundred grand a year. I know that. Well, Who I gives mean, a shit? I mean, it's somebody's money. But either way, um, you know, I think that's the... The only reason he hasn't said he's not going to do it is, you know, I don't think he really wants to do it. And I, I can't say I blame him. Anybody that ever has been president when they leave looks like, yeah, I'm fucking glad to be done with this. Correct. Well, yeah, I mean, and even, you know, I saw an interview one time. I don't even remember where it was. Um, maybe The Daily Show or something. But I saw an interview with Obama because, you know, when Trump was in office, you know, there was the whole uprising against him. And he was talking about how he wouldn't go back even if he could. Yeah. You know, he's like, I did my time. You know, I was proud to serve my country, but at the same time, I'm done with that. I don't want to live that stress every day of my life. Yeah. You know, it's a stress. And then Game of Thrones is like that if the president got assassinated every month. And right. people kept still trying to be president. At like, at what point do you just go... I don't know. Are they hoping to be the one to escape death, or... No, they all think they're the one that's going to be, like, I'm going to rule everything with an iron fist. And it's like, look at the turnover rate for this <laughs> job, man. It's fucking the... <laughs> it's true, though, but... Just all the time. But, I mean, people... So it's hard for... it. It's, it, it's enough of a stupid, flawed notion to suck me out of how good the rest of the show might be. I And, and, and that's fair. Because I can't say it wasn't well-written. Right. And I can't say it wasn't well produced. I mean, shit, they dumped more money into that show than any show ever had done before. It was well made, but at the same time, like, I have a, like, Lord of the Rings, I have a love-hate relationship Mm -hmm. with. Yeah. Parts of it I really love, but the stupid shit that occurs in Lord of the Rings is enough to make me just, like, I can't watch it without getting infuriated. Like, goddamn, this could have been just, like, a 20-minute short story. Yeah. If somebody used their brain. Right. It, so it's just, some of it's just, it's grandiose, it's 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 epic scale, but there's also shit they do to get to that epic scale that flies in the face of logic. I mean, in the third movie, they figure out that they can summon this invincible ghost army that owes a debt right. to the humans. That's the game right there. Yeah. 
If like, all right, let's quarterback sneak that shit in there. All you ghosts, get in front. Yep. Kill whatever is between us and the volcano. And we'll just plop that fucking ring in there. Yep. Nope. They use them for some other random battle. Right. Nowhere near the volcano, and then. Aragorn's like, all right, I now relieve you of your obligation. You're free to go back to the spirit world. And the ghosts are like, yay. And if I were there, I'd be like, wait. Right. Well, and We it, still haven't won yet. Right. <laughs> See, and that's why, like, and me personally, I just don't like storylines that I have to follow too closely. Like, if I have to follow it, too, like, I, I when I watch a movie, for me personally, because I'm not, I'm not a movie critic, um, so when I watch a movie, I want the storyline to be simplistic. I want there to be a happy ending. And I think that's why I think that's why I get into so many, you know, I think that's why I'm getting into the Marvel movies, but it's also why, you know, I love all different types of movies. I love, you know, rom-coms, but I also love action movies, but it's usually the dumb movies that have the lowest ratings that I love the best. You know, and so I think I think it's just a, a personal preference for me as far as you know, what kinds of movies I like, but as far as, uh, I just don't like movies I have to follow the plot too close. All right, well, let me ask you this, then. This is a game I play with folks. Okay, okay. let's do it. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to give you three seconds to answer. Three. Okay, three. <clears throat> if you don't answer in three seconds, you don't get to play any more games. Wow. Okay, <laughs> three seconds. <laughs> no thinking, just blurt out the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh, okay? God, okay. It's, it's super easy. All right. It's amazing that your brain will kind of know this. Okay. In your opinion, what is the most overrated movie of all time? Uh, Titanic. Titanic. See? <laughs> and that's a good choice. Yeah. Now, it's a well-made movie. It's a well-made movie. I like the movie, but it's overrated. For as much money as it made... But I'd almost have to give it to Avatar over Titanic. Like, that one I didn't understand. I didn't even watch it. Like, I watched, like, the first 45 minutes. So about half of it. I just, I hate it. I Yeah, I watched part of it, and the only thing I could think was, $2 billion? <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> this is worth $2 billion from everybody? Yeah. I, I now, Titanic is... The best way to summarize Titanic, I think, is actually a quote from that guy that does the Honest Movie Trailers... Uh, on YouTube, uh huh, because he uses that movie trailer voice and he says, uh, you know, from the tragedy that inspired thousands of heartbreaking true stories comes this fake one. <laughs> that's the best way to summarize Titanic is like you could have really done anything with that and you chose to go with Romeo and Juliet in a sense on a boat, right? And I but then again. Cameron did Avatar and beat his own previously held record with Titanic. So what the fuck do I know? Exactly. I, I mean, don't know how to put the asses in the seats. I mean, but that's the thing. Like, you know, you have to wonder, does he think that this stuff is genius or does he just play on how dumb we all are? It's hard to say because Cameron, Cameron's career, I think his best movies are when he redoes or makes a sequel to shit somebody else did already. He's really good at sequels. He is. He's better at sequels. I would agree with that. Than he is original movies. Yeah. So. I mean, and honestly. Which is weird. Because, like, if he made a sequel to Titanic, 
I bet it would be better. I don't know how. What would the theme song be? Like, Under the Sea from A Little Mermaid? <laughs> like, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> ridiculous Jamaican crap. Right. <laughs> Dancing all over. <laughs> Titanic. Fakest Jamaican accent. Yeah, I mean. Until Miss Cleo. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. You, know, and I, you got to kiss that girl, ma. <laughs> You know, I think that movie is one so of the stupid. worst things to me about movies that are realistic is when they put something in there so unrealistic. So the movie, you can see the characters living this in real life. You can see the things happening in real life. But then you got a stupid ass scene like Jack hanging off the damn uh, oh, door. That- when there was plenty of room for There him. was plenty of room on the door, that's true. James Cameron has admitted he wished he used a smaller door. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean... He's caught to that one. I mean, it just... It makes it seem like... I'm gonna die so that you now, all remember. Now, the thing that pisses me off the most about Titanic is not the door. Okay. And I remember... Because Titanic came out in... 97. Seven, yeah. And so I think by the time I got around to seeing it in the fucking theater, I was like 12. And in the theater I saw it in, it was me and one... I was 12, so I don't know how old he was. I thought at the time he was middle-aged. Probably could have been like my age now. We were the only two guys (laughs) in the theater. Yeah. It was full of women. And he and I had the exact same different experience than the women watching that movie at the same time. Because they're all crying and everything over everything. But the end of the movie where the old lady, when Rose is an old lady, and she walks back to the stern of the ship. Correct. And she opens her hand, and she shows that she's had the fucking diamond the whole time. Right. And the guy next to me is like, I knew it! <laughs> But at the same time, he then starts going like, no, 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 no. And she just like plops that shit into the ocean. And both of us are like face palming each other. All the women are in tears. Right. And we're just sitting there like, oh. And and as I've gotten older and whatnot, I've realized why it pisses me off so much. Is because it's like, imagine watching an old lady dump $80 $80 million Correct. in cash off the Correct. back of a ship. At what point would you be like, well, what are you doing? Like, I get it if you don't want it. Yeah. Every, Use that for some good or something. Donate it to the ASPCA. Right. Something. Every time I see why that movie, do, I why, think the same thing. And then, like, she dies, and apparently her vision of heaven is... The Titanic. The Titanic. A bunch, you know, where her young love as a teenager died and then a bunch of strangers Fabrizio is there like right. like Jack's fucking Italian dumb friend Fabrizio <laughs> not the husband she married later and had a whole family with he's not there right some guy named Irving or whatever the fuck oh my god it's so like imagine though. he runs into her in heaven and just looks at her like it, like alright Rose so let me you mean to tell me you had this diamond the whole time? We went through the depression. Right. Not I don't only know that, why I turned him into a Jewish man. Not only that, but the woman married after the Titanic. Yeah. She got married and everything. She died. You didn't see her husband anywhere. No. He was nowhere see, to be no, found. No husband, no kids. <laughs> no husband. Yeah. No nothing. Well, and the kids I can understand because I I, I don't know if they were still alive or no, not. No, the but. kids weren't. It was her granddaughter that was still alive. Her kids were dead. Oh, 
See, that makes it so, even worse. So her kids weren't right, there. Right, yeah, they weren't there. there. Fabrizio made Fabrizio the cut. Fabrizio made the cut. But, yeah. And wow. it's just like, wait, the whole time you held on to that necklace? Why? Right. That necklace had no sentimental value to you. Jack didn't give you that necklace. Your fucking asshole rich fiancé right. was going to give you that. Yeah, it... I mean, some woman, I mean, I've known women engaged to douchebag guys. They get a ring and then things don't work out. What do they do? They pawn that shit. Right. Let alone the world's most valuable diamond known to mankind. And then she just drops into the ocean with that fucking, that sly little, oop, that old lady, oop, and then goes and dies in her sleep. And I'm just like, what a bitch. (laughs) Why the fuck would you do that? It's true, though. Meanwhile, next to you in every other seat, there's just... And I'm like, I, okay. I don't See, get the sentimentality on that part, but whatever. I, I don't either. I never I never got emotional at Titanic. I never cried during Titanic. And there's a lot of guys. I did audibly laugh. Okay, fair. Especially during the time where the guy jumps off the back of the ship and yes. hits the propeller. And then yes. he starts spinning like a <laughs> propeller. That was a okay, moment. Right. I didn't laugh about that. But. I, I will say that was probably the best scene for me is when that ship is like ass up in the air. Ass up, yeah. And, you know, and they're like headed towards the water. I felt like that was, for me, was one of the best scenes of the movie. You know, just that idea of that could have actually happened. The way that the ship actually went down. Like that actually could have happened that way. Yeah. Um, and so that was a really prolific scene for me. But in general, it just reminded me that there are a bunch of rich bitches that really don't care about nobody. Yeah. That's really what that movie stood for for me. I think prolific for me is in the middle of a, a, a disaster movie that everyone already knows the ending to. James Cameron feels the need to up the ante by having Leonardo DiCaprio handcuffed around a pipe. Right. And Rose has to break his handcuffs open with a fire axe. And uh, he asks her to practice. You remember that? He says, take a couple practice swings first, and she swings it. And then he says, all right, try and hit the same mark again, Rose. And she swings it and misses by like a (laughs) foot and a half. And he's like, all right, that's enough practice. And then she comes back over. And when and Jack does this, he's like got his head turned, he's got his eyes closed tight, and then when she goes to swing it, she closes her eyes and just lets blind fate. Yeah. And I was I remember watching that, thinking like, uh, how glad must Leo DiCaprio's character have felt knowing he didn't see her close her eyes? Like, yeah, she got lucky and didn't amputate one of his hands, but how pissed would he have been if he found a wait, wait? You had your eyes closed when you swung that axe. You didn't even try. Like, yeah. You just said, all right, here we go. I, and you probably, she probably could have gotten it without, like, the huge swing. Probably. You know? And so, you know, it just, but, you We're know. We're talking, like, yeah, 1910. Right. I mean, come steel. on. Come on. So, but I think in general, you know, all movies do that to a certain extent. Um, but, you know, the funny thing is, is that you bring up that point of what movie was overrated. But everybody knows the movie. You yeah. Know, everybody knows the movie. Everybody's seen the movie. It wasn't a bad movie. It was well made. No. Yeah, it's a good, it's, it's a good movie. It's an enjoyable but, movie. But right. it is overrated. It is overrated. And that almost is like... Technically, you could say... Whatever the highest rated movie is... 
by definition, has to be the most overrated movie. Fair. Which would be, according to IMDb, The Shawshank Redemption. That's the highest rated movie there is on IMDb, so by default, it has to be the most overrated movie. I mean, that's fair. Because it's the highest rated. That's fair. And I did see that movie, which was, in my opinion, it's an amazing movie. It is. Um, And if you go like two, three spots down, you land on Citizen Kane, which I would argue has to be the most overrated movie of all time. Because talk about a fucking snooze fest from the 40s. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I have never, I have never seen that one. Um, Two and a half hours of a guy reminiscing over a sled. Are we serious right now? Well, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. So (laughs) a little bit. For me, one of, and, and I haven't seen this movie in many years, so I could be thinking from a child's mind here. Um, however, every day it's getting a little bit longer since I've been a child, but I think one of the most underrated movies, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the radio flyer. Oh, the Tom Hanks narrates Elijah it. Wood one. Uh, it may have been Elijah Wood, but when Tom he was Hanks, a kid, yes. a little baby kid. Yeah. And, uh, they cut away at the end. So you don't realize that his brother pushes him off the cliff in the radio flyer or whatever possibly it's been a long time since i've seen it but they i think they're like building like a little plane out of the radio flyer. yeah and they try to fly and then they cut it it's like credits roll and you're like that would never have worked no just died but i really i mean i felt like i don't i think maybe maybe the movie was good just because tom hanks was narrating it i mean it was but for me, it was one of those movies, I don't remember a whole hell of a lot of movies from when I was a kid, um, that I can remember just sitting there as a kid and paying attention to a serious movie. Yeah. You know, and so I really felt like that was one of those movies that was just, that made a stain for me. But, there's a, I, most movies are dumb. I mean, that's just, for and me, Elijah Wood just, was a much better actor as a child. He was. Now he's. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, I don't. Know I don't know how, how a kid him. could go from having that much acting talent to not so much. Well, I mean, look at Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, but he's done not nearly as many movies as Elijah Wood has. I mean, fair, fair. Yeah, I mean, you know the. F- but Elijah Wood's best performances are from when he was like twelve and under. Yeah, like you'd think you'd get better over time. You know, not worse. <laughs> I, but you know, it, not necessarily. I mean, when you're a kid, you're uninhibited. I mean, you you don't think of it as a job. You know, you just go in there and you do. No, the your best. parents think of it as your a job. Your parents think of it as a job, but you just go in and that's there. That's why they end up addicted to cocaine. And Correct. <laughs> so, but you just go in there trying to do the best job you can. But you you get into the character more as a kid, I think. You know, and I think they tell you what to say and they tell you how to say it. But you're and really then they just... scream at you to make you cry. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like imagine a bunch of dead puppies, and then Elijah starts tearing up. They're like, "Roll camera." Roll. <laughs> it's so true, though. It's so true. Though. But if I'm you gonna really... kill this puppy right in front of you. Right. <laughs> but when you think about when you think about like I remember that first time I saw that picture of Macaulay Culkin after he just went batshit crazy and grown up because you never really nobody really seen him after. Um, after Home Alone. I mean, it was just... He may have been in other things, but we don't know it. But I remember that first time... Yeah, no, not like Home Alone, Home Alone 2, uh, My Girl, and... Oh, yeah, My Girl. uh, 
Which, talk about a downer ending. That's a fucking movie right that there. That is a movie right Fuck there. Fuck that happy ending shit. Yeah. You want to talk about a downer ending that comes out of fucking nowhere. Correct. And when that... No kid watching that movie when that thought girl... that was going to transition from, like, a slightly <laughs> cheesy coming-of-age story to here's how you deal with death and loss. Right. Like, out of fucking nowhere, Macaulay Culkin gets killed by bees. Yes, <laughs> and, and you're just like, oh my lord. And, like, I think that is the one of those scenes, like, when she is saying he doesn't have his glasses, he doesn't have his glasses. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of those scenes in a movie. There's not a whole lot of scenes in a movie. I, I think more men are emotional at movies than admit to it. But I think that's one of those scenes in a movie. But that, not like visibly, uncontrollably emotional. To right. Where they... And I feel like that's one of those scenes that men are openly emotional about. Like, it just... You can't look at that little girl screaming about his glasses. Yeah. Not being on him while he's in a goddamn casket. Yeah. And not get emotional about that shit. Like, you just... It, it, you're not human if you don't get emotional about that. And then they ruined it with My Girl 2. Yeah, that, Like, what? talk about a movie that didn't How? need or, or warrant a Like, sequel. did they resurrect him? No. No, he's not even in it. It's like some other kid. No, see... And I don't even do know shit. if he dies at the end, too. That would that would be really dark. See, like, that reminds me of, like, the new Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Have you seen the commercials for that? I've seen the advertisements. I haven't watched it. Well, I don't think it's on yet. And if it is, I, I'm not watching it. Um, but... It literally makes the Fresh Prince of Bel Air a drama. Okay. And, and like un- Uncle Phil is thin, and C- Will is serious, and like it just nothing makes any sense. And it's like I don't know what he's trying to accomplish here. Like he's trying to reinvent it, going against everything that made it a success. Yeah, I mean it had its moments. Of drama. They definitely had some parts where it was not written to be a comedy. Right. But that wasn't most of the show. I will tell you that one of the most emotional scenes... But I also understand it because, like, remaking it as a comedy is almost irrelevant because you already made it as a comedy. Fair. I mean, and and that's true. I mean, you could use different characters in it and kind of create the same thing, but you'll never create that magic again. No. So... I think Are you this talking is... about the episode where fucking Will has to when he meets his dad and his dad walks out on him again? Okay, so that's there's two of them. So that's one of them. Um, and when when he did that and Uncle Phil hugged him, that shit was emotional and I I can't. Yeah, you could hear people crying in the audience because yeah. they taped it in front of a live audience. Yeah, that 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 was well acted by Will Smith, and I mean well acted. Um, but the other one was in the hospital when Will was shot. Yeah. And he had to tell Carlton to give him the gun. And, like, you just felt it from both of them. You know, it's like you forgot you were watching a TV show for a minute. You know, it was real. And now the whole new series is going to be nothing but that. Right. Maybe they'll have some funny moments to kind of, you know, to kind of shake it up a little bit. Maybe. But, I mean... That's the only thing I can think of, but I just, I I think for me, I get completely turned off by looking at a show that I love, that I grew up with, that was an iconic show in my opinion, to be made into something that it wasn't. Yeah. And so it, that just, it just completely turns me off. So if it is like, a good show. Cheers the drama. <laughs> right. Cheers the drama. <laughs> so I think it's one of those. We're, we're, we're switching it up yeah. from, 
a happy-go-lucky Boston dive bar to a really fucked-up dive bar. It's so true. I think I think that's going to be one of those the things. The dregs that... of humanity. This bar is populated <laughs> by nothing but customers that have flunked out of all the other local dive bars. And right. they're all in one place, and each one of them's got a story worse than the last. I never understood why Cheers... Like, Cheers was before my time. But I still watched most of the episodes because they were on Nick at Night back at the Oh, yeah, no, day. Cheers had a shitload of reruns. And so it's I watched. It's enjoyable. It is enjoyable, but, but I still never understood. I just never really understood it. Like, it literally is everything in that bar, which I guess is brilliant. But from a financial point of view, it's absolutely brilliant. It's brilliant. You I ain't mean, got to build shit else. You got, like, no production costs. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's brilliant on their part, but... No, I, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, there's some iconic TV shows. And I kind of. I think movies. it was because for the time it was like you had a bunch of, like, family sitcoms. And yeah, they tried to be funny, but they were mostly centered around family and shit, not just a bunch of strangers and, I guess, relative friends and acquaintances at a bar. Right. Which That's... a lot of people could connect to. Obviously, they did because that show was like the highest rated show on TV for right. most of its run. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, I think I agree with you. It's, it's, it's hard to make a good remake. I mean, it, a few of them have been able to do it. Um, and then there's so many embarrassments like the Karate Kid. Why the hell would you make a Karate Kid where you send him off to China? You know, like... To get his ass kicked by real karate kids. Correct. And then somehow... <laughs> Sorry, not you... to be overtly prejudiced towards non-Chinese, right. but we're not beating no Chinese but you kids want karate me to believe. Matches. You want me to believe that this kid goes out there and then... No, he didn't. Like, these kids destroyed his little ass. Like, you can't get me to believe that. The, the original... And I didn't even... You know, they made sequels to The Karate Kid, which were good... But they were never the original. Um, and I, I will say I do get into Cobra Kai on Netflix, um, which is, you know, based on, I don't know. Yeah, it's an interest. It. It's an interesting take on it. Like the it guy's is. all grown up. Right. And so, you know, I do, I have to say I do watch that. Um, but in general, there, there you could just never beat the chemistry of the original movie. Yeah. You know? That's just my... Then they made the third one with uh, Hilary Swank. Oh, yeah. And then Will Smith executive produces the reboot one with Jackie Chan. And surprise, surprise, his son son, gets cast as the lead. What are are the odds? Like, come on, dude. Like, at least they could... I think he should have... I mean, it didn't matter, like who the kid was, but I think that put a stain on the movie before people even Yeah, I think it. It, it mattered that it was any kid but Will Smith's. <laughs> right, exactly. No, I completely agree. And, you know, and I think Jaden Smith is more talented than people give him credit for. Um, and I don't want to take that away from him because he doesn't get a lot of credit. But he's following in Will Smith's footprints, and he's nothing like Will Smith. You know, he's no. nothing like Will Smith. He's, and he's not, not as talented. He's as not father. nearly as talented as Will Smith, but he's talented in his own right. You know, and I, and what I what I like about him is he is not trying to go out there and do what his dad did. Yeah, he's doing it in the sense of acting. It felt like his dad was forcing him maybe to do it shit when he was younger. It did kind of feel that way. Like you're starring in the Karate Kid, right? <laughs> you don't get and, a fucking choice. And you know, and you know, the funniest fucking thing is and that he the probably mo- did it just to meet Jackie Chan. I'd have done it. 
Well, right? I would have done it too. Absolutely. Like, all right, I get to hang out with Jackie Chan for a couple months. That's cool. And you know the funniest thing is his daughter's song, Whip Your Hair Back and Forth, was more popular than most of his songs ever were. I don't know if it was popular in a good way, but yeah. It wasn't popular in a good way, but people <laughs> knew the damn song, and that makes it popular. Whether you loved it or you hated it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It was popular as shit. The extent of my knowledge on that song now is, and for me, it's the funniest thing Jimmy Fallon ever did. Yeah. But he had he had Bruce Springsteen, and then Jimmy Fallon was dressed up as Neil Young, and they sang a cover version of Willow Smith doing "Whip My Hair Back and Forth," right. but they did it as Neil Young and Bruce Springsteen. Oh my god! So it's Jimmy Fallon sitting there like, I whip my hair back and forth, <laughs> gotta whip your hair. I'm like. That, to me, is like, that's how I remember that song. I don't even really remember how the original goes. But I remember Fallon's version, because I thought that was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever seen him do. You know, I, I have to say, like, I feel like he's the most awkward late-night host. He's just kind of awkward. He's very awkward. And, but he just... And what, to me, is amazing is he hasn't gotten less awkward after years of practice. You'd think right. <laughs> like every time you see him on there, it's like, is he still, is this his first week? Right. Is he still adjusting to like what it is he's asked to do here? But for some reason, including myself, well, I, I don't really watch the shows, but I'll watch like clips. Um, I love when they do like, they have the singers on and then they'll do like, you know, do this song sung by this person, but in the style of this, Yeah. you know, and, um, my favorite one was uh, he had uh, Jamie Foxx on, and they did – one of the ones that he was doing was Rihanna's um, Bitch Better Have My Money, and they did it as an opera song, okay. and Jamie Foxx, like, fucking killed it. He fucking killed it. Yeah, you and, can sing. Like, it was, it was just incredible to, like, watch him do that song, and it – it, but it's so weird how I just don't understand how Jimmy Fallon is a late night host. I just don't. No, I that to me has got to be one of the most surprising things you never could have like thirty years ago if someone ever told you that uh, Donald Trump had would be president one day people would be like I don't see it and it's the same thing like back when like in ninety two when Johnny Carson retires from the late night show uh-huh. if you had said then one day that kid. That Jimmy Fallon guy? Yep. He's going to host this show. You'd be like, how? How? Yeah. I mean, it's so true. And Clearly, no. Well, and I love I love watching the stories of how they really were in real life. Like, some of these people were dicks. Oh, yeah. Like, they were just straight up dicks. Like, um, the what, you know, what Carson did to Joan Rivers and, you know, how that yeah. all unfolded and, like... And whatever... I'm I ha, I'm fairly convinced at this point that Jay Leno must have proof of like the entire board of NBC being involved in like child pornography or something like that. Oh, I'm sure. I've never seen an individual treated as well by a network. Oh, absolutely. As Jay Leno, and undeservedly so. Absolutely. He is way funnier at everything he's ever done that wasn't on NBC. Right. 
If you watch his interviews in any other context, he's funny. He's insightful. He's a smart guy. He sucks at late night hosts. Yes. And always did. Yeah. But, like, even Carson was like, yeah, you're giving my show to Letterman, right? And they're like, no, I'd love to, but Leno's got my kid in a basement. Well, and you want to talk about things that you can't do today when you come in, when you talk about late night hosts. you got to think about Letterman. Like, I don't know if you've seen some of the interviews that he did. Um, like, specifically, he did one with Janet Jackson after the... Uh, the titty thing. After the titty thing. Um, what do they call that? Nipplegate? Because um, everything had to be a gate. Right. <laughs> um, but he did an interview, and he just, like, straight out was, like, staring at her boobs. I mean, and granted, you know, and, and the thing is, is that she she played around with them a little bit, but she was almost, like, you could... You, felt like she was almost slightly offended that he was just sitting there staring at her boobs and it's like lady you you know why out. you're here right. you walked out with you them didn't all just out. release a new album you know why we asked right. you to be a guest exactly and like he literally but there were it was the most uncomfortable that i felt and i don't generally get uncomfortable watching this stuff but i felt uncomfortable watching him interview her because it was like this was it was like an hr nightmare like and i was watching this on live television thinking to myself oh shit like this is sexual harassment if there ever was one and and but that shit they they could get away with back then oh yeah you know i mean and and people didn't hold them accountable for it you know and yeah now times change times change and i'm not saying dean martin used to be sitting three feet from johnny carson drinking a fucking bourbon and yep. smoking cigarettes on Absolutely. tv nobody gave a fuck no and i think i think that's one of the downfalls you know and i'm not i'm in no way saying you know people should you know act the way he acted but i think that's one of the downfalls of america in a sense is our oversensitive our oversensitivity to everything every everybody's oversensitive to absolutely everything and it's like you know People have called me every name in the book, you know, at one time or another in my life. Um, uh, you know, as a gay man, people, you know, people call me faggot. People call me queer, whatever. And Nancy, do they still throw that one out? <laughs> uh, you might. Um, <laughs> but that, that's that's the one you use if you're like putting an episode of TV on prime time. Right. You can't drop. Right. Like, the word you want to use, so you just have them yell Nancy with, like, a real vitriolic hatred to it. Right. You sissy. Yeah. Well, and people ask me, they're like, you know, why don't you get offended? Because you'd be spending your whole life offended. Exactly. Like, and I get so frustrated with people who literally have a problem with everything. You know, they have a problem with absolutely everything. So I, I think that's one of the downfalls. Of- I understand people having a problem with certain things. Where it goes too far for me is someone getting offended on behalf of somebody that's not offended. Right. Yes, like if exactly. De- like, if Dennis isn't making a big deal out of it, like, why don't you let it go, Josh? Like, And I think people's, you know, theory on this is they may not feel strong enough to defend themselves. Maybe. But... In all honesty, like, American society, we, we're in this cancel culture I think right that's now. a little exaggerated. I honestly don't. It's like, people are digging things up from 30, 40 well, years Well, yeah, ago, they are, but, like, some people just aren't 
gonna get canceled. Joe Rogan's doing fine. Chappelle's doing just fine. True, true. And so there are certain people that can escape it. But I feel like you I have think it to depends be... on what your medium is. Fair. It's probably slightly easier as a comedian than like a broadcasting right personality. Fair. Like if you're you know you're hosting some ESPN show and get caught doing that, right. it's different than like oh I said a bunch of this as tweets or in a comedy club. Right. Because well, it's like, your job isn't to do that. Your job is to tell me why the Mets suck. Right. Well, and it was like back in, you know, I remember several years ago, they, um, a lot of gay people, they um, were boycotting Chick-fil-A. Um, yeah. And, you well, know. Well, also secretly going to right. Chick-fil-A. I'm not, not going to stop going to fucking Chick-fil-A. They got some good-ass chicken. Like They do have that's, some good chicken. That's why I go to Chick-fil-A. You just can't get caught going to Chick-fil-A. Right. It's like, I'm not going to, like, I, people don't go in there and make out. Straight, gay, doesn't really matter. Just go in there, get your fucking chicken, and go about your life. Like, you know, it's it's just funny to me because, you know, I really just get tired of listening to so many things that people um, just are offended by. And I'm just not offended. I just very rarely do I get offended. I don't know. That's just me, though. But I just, that brought... That I, That's good, because, I mean, otherwise, where does it end? Right. Well, and I, I really enjoy how people... Because it's the same as, like, you start... Like, you want to play a really depressing drinking game? Crack yep. open a fucking bottle of whiskey or a six-pack of beer or something like that and start just looking at, like, the list of atrocities in the world? Right. You can't do it for too long or you're yeah. just going to be like, God, oh, what's the fucking point of any of this? Like, Well, it's so true. Well, and we have a good working relationship because, you know, you, you'll make fun of me for anything. And yeah, if I was, I don't generally think I make fun of you, but if I did, you could, yeah, if, yeah, if I did, you wouldn't be offended by it. No. And I feel like one of the biggest things that people need to get back into is learning to laugh at themselves. Yeah. Cause other people are going to laugh at you for sure. Absolutely. As you well know. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Yeah. I have to. We I, all laugh. I start at you to think about. Work. I know. I start to think about all the things that I say before I say them now. Like yeah. you've taught me that. Sometimes like, we have meetings. Like right. <laughs> like I have to think about it. Like is okay. What is Josh going to say? Idea. What is he going to say to me after I say this? Is this going to sound completely dumb and give him the ammunition that he needs? <laughs> And most of the time, even when I think about it, I still say something stupid, and he still finds the way to get it to me. Yeah, zig, zig when you should have zagged. Right. But I've had a lot of practice. That's fair. That's so, fair. I mean, what do they say? 10,000 hours to become an expert in anything? I'm well past that. Right. So, I mean, that's I that's got fair. a Juris fucking doctorate, and that kind of <laughs> quick thinking busts you in the balls. Right. And, uh... If the person's not receptive to it, that that generally kills any potential working relationship real quick. Uh, yeah. But no. you got to know your audience. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But, no, I think, you know, it's one of those things that I just think people take life too seriously these days, and including myself some days. And, uh, you know, uh, getting – I think people getting back out uh, there and, you know, uh, seeing dumb movies and being able to say they're dumb uh, and – you know, still watching them, you know, and, and, and just having fun and making fun of yourself. Like, like I really, like everything seems to yeah, be. Yeah. Even with the dumb shit though, like we can't do it. Yeah. Like they make a sequel to Dumb and Dumber 
and everyone's like, doesn't live up to the original. It's like, how high like, a pedestal <laughs> are you putting the original on? Exactly. Like, like, the movie's literally called Dumb and Fucking Dumber. Dumb and <laughs> Dumberer. Like, it's grammatically incorrect in the title. And that's what it's makes like, it yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I get it. It's like, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels are a little older. Yeah. I get it. It's I, the same shit as the first movie. Like, why are you revering this first movie as a classic? It's yeah. not. It's a dumbass 90s comedy with Jim Carrey. Yeah, I want I want to get back to those times of, like, fucking Adam Sandler movies. You know, like, you know, Billy Madison. Billy Madison, and Happy Gilmore. Ha- yep. And uh, uh, The Waterboy. The Waterboy. And, and we can really kind of stop there. Yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> there that's, don't need to go farther there than isn't. The Waterboy. There really that isn't. That was his Godfather trilogy, and then after that, it's been... It's been a little rough, and he's had a, he's had one or two here and there, but I think, you know, he used He's this... the Jay Leno of Netflix. Yes. Because the truth <laughs> of the matter Somehow is... he's just... He's annoying as shit. But when you have this... I think he he found something his quirky personality that he thought people just loved and and he didn't realize that people do love your quirky personality in the right setting. Yeah. You know, you can you can't do your quirky personality or you can do your quirky personality in Billy Madison. You can't do it in Jack and Jill. That's dumb. Oh man, I forgot about Jack and Jill. I well, it's because you shouldn't have known it in the first place. That's all yeah. it was. Oh. <laughs> Not a handsome woman. Not a handsome Matt woman Adam at all. Sandler. He's not really a handsome man no, to he's start not. with. He's even worse as a woman. <laughs> he's worse, worse as a woman. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty intense there. <laughs> I agree with you on that. Although I got to give him some credit because I also know next to nothing about Adam Sandler as a person. I don't nothing. Either. Not a fucking thing. And isn't that brilliant? He can live his own life and he's like fucking filthy rich. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't have paparazzi following him around. None of that shit. But no. He, he's living his he's living his best life. Like I think I looked it up one. That's time the I, beauty of acting like a goofball for decades is the paparazzi have no reason to follow you around because you're already doing goofy shit. Nobody exactly. followed Andy Kaufman around either. Are you talking about Adam Sandler? Yeah. Yeah. I heard he's a total dick to people in real life. That wouldn't surprise it me. It wouldn't either. Like, to his fans and stuff, that he's like very. And, but and, I mean, obviously, I don't know because I. No, that wouldn't surprise me in the least to find that out if he was that like dry, sarcastic asshole right. to folks. So I just googled it. This man is worth four hundred and twenty million. Oh my god! And he just signed a. How much of that was from Netflix? Well, so, and signed a further four a four movie deal with Netflix worth over two hundred and fifty million. Wow. I'm just saying. This... My apologies to Jay Leno. Right. Like, this asshole's living his best life. Boy, he sure as fuck is. <laughs> you know. So, wait, wait, wait. So, how much is that going to be total? Uh, Like, over $600 million. So, he's going to be worth half a billion dollars? Yeah. Because he goes, like, doobie-doo. Ooh, and yeah. shit like that in every movie. Wow. I mean, this is what this guy does. Talk about a real tortoise and hare kind of career. But, you know, I think one of the things that's kind of reinvigorating his career a little bit, even though the movies are dumb. Sam Jackson's not even worth that much. No. <laughs> he um, puts out not. way more movies well, that and, are way better. Listen, I don't know many of his movies. I probably do, but I just can't think of them. But... The one of the biggest movies of his 
Coach Carter is probably one of my favorite Coach movies Carter. of all time. It's um, hard to keep track because he's got like 150 or some shit. He does, and I'm sure I've seen many of his movies, but that's one of my... Meanwhile, Adam Sandler has like Hubie Halloween and fucking Jack and Jill and yeah. Horrible Mr. Deeds remakes. And... But I think Adam Sandler has... It's, oh, it's Click? so bad, yeah. Oh, Click. Click. So bad. Oh, yeah, that one was bad. That was I feel horrible. like that was the spiraling down. Fair. I don't remember. Was that, yeah, that was after Mr. Deeds, which yeah. wasn't terrible yet. Big then, Daddy wasn't bad. Big, nah. Oh, that was before Click, too. That was it? before Click. And then Click, and then after that, it was shit like... What's that one where he, like, inherited money from somebody? Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds, yeah. Yeah. Like... Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson's worth $250 million. So, Adam Sandler is worth twice as much as Samuel Jackson? Yeah. Well, if I were <laughs> writing a college thesis on the absence of justice in the world, Correct. that'd be my one and only citation. But... <laughs> I rest my case. But, I mean, we're crediting him for his acting. What he makes his money on is... He makes he's kind of like Tyler Perry today. He makes all of like the Medea movies are stupid. They're stupid. I love them, but they're stupid. But he's also made like a billion dollars off of all of his shit. Right, and he's got his own production company. Yeah. And so Happy was a Happy Madison Happy Productions. Happy Madison, yeah. That's where he makes most of his money is his production company. Still, but Tyler Perry like that's all him. It is all him. Tyler Perry did not somehow con a streaming service into giving him a two with, like, thousands of zeros after it on a paycheck. I mean, fair. I I, in, I mean, in the mur- and I watched that murder mystery, but I think what I was saying is I think the resurgence of him a little bit is because of Jennifer Aniston. They have a really good chemistry together in movies. So they did, like, murder mystery. Now they're doing murder mystery, too, which is looks as dumb as the first one um but which i understand though because like financially on paper this guy can't miss no why would adam sandler think he could go wrong right all he's got to do is look at his bank statement and go no i think i'm doing something right right i'm worth twice as much as sam jackson well who gives a fuck what movie i put out people aren't even releasing as many movies in the theaters anymore they're just going straight to netflix netflix is like it's like the walmart of the movie world now because they're not only do they have their own streaming service but they are financing and making their own movies all their own shit yeah and then but uh, trust me they're making everybody else pay for it because they're raising those prices several times a year um i mean we uh, but what are you gonna do go out and buy a dvd copy of coach carter um, no, absolutely not. Of course not. Nobody. Like, I got rid of my DVDs, and my daughter said, Dad, why are you getting rid of all these movies? And I said, See, what I the hell did have, I need them? I have mine just in case. So, I don't even have a DVD player anymore. Like, I don't know what happened to it. I may have it in a box somewhere it's in the a basement. Real, I don't it's know. a real don't put all your eggs in one basket thing for me. You know, the way I look at it is... Because if my internet goes out or whatever, I can still watch a movie... That's fair. ...that I would enjoy. That's fair. And I, I didn't I didn't look at that through that aspect, but wow, I'm or really, if we move into the woods and become hermits, I may I may like go to we're, we're off the grid. Uh, check the bottom 
left cabinet. I may be in going the bathroom. Get me some DVDs because that is a that's a good ass point. I think there's some of that like naproxen, sodium naproxen, or something like that in the little green bin. Like I said, we don't edit. That's going in. Right. <laughs> that's going in. Unofficially sponsored. Listen. Sponsored against the will of generic sodium naproxen pain medication. Right. Thank you very much. <laughs> also, thank you very much to our apparently like two or three Canadian listeners that we acquired out of nowhere. Oh, really? Yeah. We got a couple listeners from the Great White North. We're up to like 5% of our total audiences from Canada. Well, listen, I'm helping you. I'm, I'm originally from about 20 miles from Canada. That's good. So I'm practically Canadian. Practically. Practically. So, hello, friends. God bless you. <laughs> we may be related. You goofy Canadian bastards, eh? Way to lay low for like 300 years and do nothing to get on anybody's bad side. And then all of a sudden, people got to block roads and shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're like the Switzerland of North America. What? The Switzerland of North America? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, and, and they always have. It's always been said that Canadians are the nicest people in the world, and that, I find that very hard to believe. Well, now I find it very hard to believe as well. Yeah. I mean, they just kind of came out of the woodworks. They're like, you, no, fuck that vaccine shit. No, 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 you're not doing that to me. And all of a sudden, they're not as nice anymore. I feel like I don't know from the media I've seen, like, even, like Jamaicans got to be the nicest people in the world because even the Jamaican bad guys in the movies are like cool as fuck. <laughs> they're like real nice about it like yeah no yeah jamaican uh, they're listen i've seen you know you still owe me that money for yeah. the last bail man <laughs> and they're high as fuck like i'm not even gonna yeah. attempt a jamaican accent but they'll fuck oh you can up. go ahead J- bad no. jamaican accents or <laughs> i couldn't even it, come it could be it. theoretically possible that jamaicans don't even actually have an accent and they've been hyping that up just to make themselves just to not make sound as big of a dick as they Yeah, are. like, behind closed doors, when they're just by themselves, they're like, Right. Whew. Well, that was kind of a rough day, huh? <laughs> right. I mean, it's so true. God, it's so day true, after though. day of, oh, how you doing, man? Everything gonna be all right. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing, like, um, it's a funny accent. It is a funny accent. Some of these, I don't know, like, you going out? Okay, love you. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think it's um, I think there's a lot of places in the world that you're. I don't, I don't think when we were growing up, you really looked at the world as good guys or bad guys. It was like everywhere else sucked, and America was great. Yeah. Um. I guess it depends on what kind of movies you watched. Yeah. Because as a kid, growing up in the late 80s and 90s, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies definitely taught me that anyone that wasn't white was probably a terrorist. Correct. Or, or a guerrilla soldier. Someone not to be trusted. Listen, I lost all respect for Arnold Schwarzenegger once he became a pregnant man on Junior. Once that happened, <laughs> I could no like this man's a, a bodybuilder, and maybe that's you know that's the funniness in it. But this is like a bodybuilder, everything, and all of a sudden he's with like a two foot tall Danny DeVito as a pregnant fucking man. Like I just I can't. Yeah. And then he became the governor of California. 
No, the man's he's he's accomplished a lot more in his career than I think he rightfully should have. Agree. But hey, and he still found time. What do I know? He still found time to bang the nanny. Of course so- he did. <laughs> I mean, I, some some of these people they got, and I will never understand it. You know, it's like they talk about you know people like that are against Donald Trump. They talk about I don't know. Maybe Schwarzenegger's like Shaq, like he can't turn anything down. Like Shaq will fucking endorse any product oh, if you pay him. Oh, absolutely. Schwarzenegger's probably the same thing. Like you know, you we want you to start in this movie with Danny DeVito where you're playing a pregnant man. I mean, fuck it. <laughs> How much is the pay? Oh, and you're like, how much is the pay? <laughs> we'll give you twenty million. Okay, I'll do wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Why I, wouldn't you do it for twenty million? I'd make one bad movie and just retire. If nobody ever wanted to work with me again, that's fine. You gave me the twenty million already. Right. I'm good. Thank you. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I, you only need that one big hit, that one good paycheck, and that's then you're true. just good, even if it sucks. You're done. Yeah. I. I don't know. A lot of these people... We have to churn out years of quality work where we're at just to slog by. Yeah. It's true. I mean, I... You know, and it's sad because, you know, I hear some of these uh, these movie stars coming on and they're talking about how they want equal pay and everything. And I'm like, how much did you make in your last movie? Well, I got like... Well... (laughs) You know... Yeah, know your audience. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, they paid me 500000 but that was at least worth a million. Yeah. Like, if your audience, like, I, I get it in a sense, but unless your audience is like Jennifer Lawrence and Katherine Heigl, right. most of the rest of us are like, fuck you, exactly. bitch. And that's why I love... I love how brutally honest Ricky Gervais was at everything yep. he's ever hosted when he's like, how dare any of you have the balls to talk about real life like you know a fucking thing about exactly. real life to of everyone that actually lives it. Right. The rest of us are trying to get like our nasty syrup soda yeah. spilled pennies from the bottom of our car. When's the last fucking time you had to worry about making a mortgage payment, you fucking exactly. rich cocksuckers? Oh. Well, just because I don't make it doesn't mean I don't pay for it. Who gives a shit? Like, yeah, when just... like, what was the last Golden Globes he hosted? And he basically told him like, if you win, nobody cares. No. Don't make a speech. Don't be political. Just yeah. thank your agent and your god and fuck off. Exactly. Like that was it. Nobody else cares. You're here to celebrate yourselves. And that. And like, yeah, people do watch for yep. a lot of reasons, but. There's only so much of that you can listen to from a practical point of view before you're like, right, man. I get it. It's not fair. From a justice point of view, you're right. It's right. absolutely not fair. Yeah. But I really wish my big problem was life in life was only getting paid twelve million. Uh, right. A that would be awesome. Well, and you know, I really want to be like Tom Holland right now after the Spider-Man movies and everything. And you know, because they get so I was reading about this. They get like a contract amount for doing the part. Yeah. And then if the movie does well, they get a bonus. So, like, these fools are banking. Like, oh, yeah. And, and and this guy's, like, 24 years old, you know, got multiple houses. And, and I guess I should be happy for him. I should be. Um, but I'm not. But I'm not. I'm really not. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, dude. Like, yeah, shame on you, Tom Holland. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> but, you know, he's a funny-ass guy. Uh, I'll probably learn in 20 years that he was a complete dick to everybody. But, you know, I, I don't I don't care. Like, 
it just it bothers the shit because there's out of nothing me. like tens of millions of dollars to turn someone into a dick to everybody. Correct. Correct. And and you know, but you almost got to because we live in such a because you learn that reality at a certain point. You, do. you forget what it's like to not have tens of millions of dollars. Right. Well, I mean, I even think of myself now. You know, in my mid thirties and. I, I have more than I did in my early 20s, you yeah. know, when my daughter was born and things like that. I have more now than I did then. I'm so broke as shit. Yeah, you have way less than Tom Holland. Right, way less. Way less. But, I so I still have way less, but I have You probably more. have way less than the guy that runs Tom Holland's errands. Oh, way less. Yeah. Way less. But, I think to myself... I, I, I used to remember when I was, you know, early 20s starting out, I was making like $8 an hour and I had a new baby and everything else. And like I was, we were literally paying, we would put our paychecks together, we would split out the bills and then we would, you know, whatever was left is what we had for those two weeks. And it was generally right around a hundred bucks a piece. Yeah. And you would make that hundred bucks stretch for two weeks. Now I'm like, I just go to the gas station, maybe buy some lottery tickets, hoping for a better fucking life. And, but I don't even think about those things anymore. I don't think about, you know, it's not that I'm well off, but I'm not out there buying expensive shit. So, but I don't think as much about the things that I spend money on and the things I don't spend money on. But I'm trying to think about going back to a time when I didn't have that. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. You know you can survive. Right. It's just weird because it's like from a – I remember reading something somebody calculated because they wanted to give everybody a frame of reference for wealth. Right. Because it was back when everyone was really hammering home that 1% thing. Yep. And some guy said, actually, you know what? You don't really need to make that much to be in the 1% of the world. Yeah. Most of you in this country are in the 1% of the world. Which makes the 1% from this country in the upper 1% of that 1%. Right. Which at that point, it's like, guys, really shut the fuck up about yep. anything. Correct. You got nothing to talk about. Yeah. It's true. I mean, you know. You're there's... already losing it with us. But you know who gives a shit even less than us? The people the that. The Kenyan kid that probably starved to death. Correct. While sitting through the opening monologue at the Oscars. Yeah. Because, let's face it, it's too long. Right. And I, when they have hosts. I don't even know if they have a host this year. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I don't who, care Yeah, who Oscars. really cares? Well, and I, that's why I love, like, uh, Eminem. You know, he really has come out hard against, like, the Grammys and stuff like that and awards. And this man, like, he, after the Super Bowl and everything, he's got more... You know, talk about like Spotify or whatever, more listeners every month than practically anybody else. But I res- like I can't stand when I hear celebrities talking about how it's you know biased against this and it's biased against that. It's like just shut up already. But what I will say is Eminem came out and he said, "Listen, I didn't expect to win." He said, "But at least make somebody win that's fucking better than me." Yeah. You know, make. Let somebody if you're gonna if you're gonna have this big ass award show trying to say how good we are and how we, you know, are awarded for our contributions to music, make it somebody who's could actually compete against me. You know, it's like it's like giving a an Oscar to the Scooby Doo movie. 
you know. See, I think what they should do is they take the five artists that are nominated for like best whatever. Yep. You put them in a room and the five of them have to decide who wins. Yeah. I mean, you go in that room, you don't come out until you unanimously pick a winner. We don't care if you die in there. So, you want to make it like like picking a new pope? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Look, you fuckers get in there. You figure out who's the best supporting actor. Oh, my God. Agree amongst each other. We're not voting this year. Your votes are the only ones that count. Let's see who the winner is. Yeah. Uh, that's that's an awesome idea. Let's eliminate the controversy because then people can't say, like, oh, he got robbed. It's like, I don't know. His peers voted for him. Yeah. Like, his actual – the only other people that were nominated against him said, yeah, he, he did better. So it, let's let's put that lip service to the test since they always have to thank their fellow nominees. Let's see how they really feel. Let's put them in a room. Yeah. You could stream that shit on Crackle or whatever. Is yeah. Crackle a thing? I've heard that word in, in people's mouths before. Right. Um, yeah, that'd be a very entertaining way to do it, I think. Well, and I think, you know, the music business is not the same as it used to be in the sense that you don't – back in the day – we listened to like if you wanted something recorded, you recorded that shit off the radio. Like, oh yeah, you you know you put your your cassette tape in the goddamn radio and you push play and record and you like recorded that shit right off the radio. That's how you saved music. Um, if you if you couldn't afford to like go out and buy the CD, um, that was before CDs. But that was before CDs with cassettes. Do that. So, yeah. you know, but now. Streaming is so different, and there's so many different types of music and different types of popularity. You know, you're going to have a lot of popular songs that are not radio-based songs. And oh, yeah. a lot of artists who are really good artists, but you're not going to hear their music on a TV show or, you know, the top 40 hits. You know, and so... we're Yeah, because it used to be, back in the day, you had to be really clever about yep. how you said shit because you couldn't say shit the way you wanted to. Right. Because it was going on the radio. Yeah. And the FCC controls that. Correct. So you look at Fleetwood Mac and it's like, all right, so in the middle of all this, we got like two divorces going on and like Stevie Nicks is sleeping with Mick Fleetwood behind Lindsey Buckingham's back <laughs> and all this. Like, it's really just a clusterfuck right. of a personal situation between all the bandmates. Meanwhile, Christy McVie and John McVie are in the middle of a divorce and all this shit. So Lindsey Buckingham writes a song with Stevie Nicks, which is basically like them saying, you can go fuck yourself. Right. But they can't say that. They can't air that on the radio. But you can say, you know what? You can go your own way. <laughs> I never Go your together. own way. I never put it together. <laughs> it's eye-opening yeah. right now. Like, that's basically what it is. Is Lindsay and Stevie standing there, both singing into a microphone, saying, you know what? If that's how you feel... Get the fuck out of here. Right. Go ahead. But wow. they can't say, get the fuck out of here. Right. Wow. Remember, like, the song Cocaine. Yep. It was called Cocaine. They used the word cocaine a bunch of times in there. I remember, the like, when that song came out, when they had to have been writing that song and, like, putting it out on the radio, they had to have been thinking, like, are we okay to say this? Because, like, usually we have to refer to cocaine. Right. We have to come up with a clever way to insinuate that we're talking about cocaine. 
But right. we can't advertise cocaine. Well, yeah. I mean, you look at some of the songs that were popular that were like the biggest, the biggest, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the controversies, biggest controversies. So you think of like something stupid like uh, Eminem Slim Shady or, yeah. or, um, or like the only reason that the entire controversy about Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds could yep. exist is because if the Beatles did want to make a song about LSD, whether that song is about LSD or not, right. if they wanted to make one, that's how they would have to do it. Correct. They couldn't just come out and say, you know, we're all getting high on mushrooms right. and acid. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I sing well, about yeah. it as well as Paul, and now, right. <laughs> but maybe Ringo. And nowadays, and nowadays you, you say so much worse in songs, but I remember the uproar. Like, with Eminem's songs, you know, he talks about, you know, killing his mother and everything. Which, yeah, and everyone yeah. was like, wow. Yeah, like, this shit was... And don't get me wrong, that shit is serious. But you look at songs now that are popular, that they're, like, that are everywhere. You know, you talk about, like, um, what's, what's that bitch's name? Uh, I can't stand her. Uh, Cardi B. Um, she's got that WAP song. That's a dirty-ass song. So, but... You just lost my wife as a fan. Listen, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not so I may or may not have listened to the song while working out in the gym. That's possibility. It's a possibility, but mathematically certain. Mathematically yeah. certain. But you listen to that song, which yeah, people talked about it, but it wasn't a big thing. No, because times change. Correct. She'd that, have put that out in like 2001. That would have been shit. Would have been bad. Like, however, there was one song like that that did come out back in the that t- time. Um, oh, what's that girl? Um, she, uh, my neck, my back. Oh yeah. You know, you can keep going. My wife is singing it right now. I bet. <laughs> Her ears just went off. <laughs> wherever she went. Wherever she went. Yeah. No, that's like. See, almost in a weird sense, like, rap and hip-hop has had to be ultra-creative. Yeah. And that's almost what I think the genius of Cardi B is. Yeah. Is her creativity is to be as blunt and obvious as possible. Correct. In a genre where creativity and nuance and talent has pushed it to where it's at where you gotta i mean there's some clever motherfuckers that write that shit like fuck your john keats and your stupid ralph waldo emerson bullshit like these are some poets and cardi b's take on it is like yeah i could do that but you know what's funnier to say to me (laughs) wet ass pussy right (laughs) it's like the the money pussy weed song little wayne came out with where he's just repeating those three words for a large chunk of it correct money pussy weed and you're like i understand the genius behind this it's not that you can't do it yeah that's your creative genius is you're you're simplifying it so much that nobody can actually come at you it's so true that well i will say this i do respect cardi b and for her business sense um you know i saw an interview with that she did once and they were talking about how how do you feel as a woman not getting equal pay she goes what are you talking about i do get equal pay she, go, she goes, yeah, you, you she do? probably would. People yeah. are terrified of her. Right. She goes, you do? She goes, how did you, how do you manage that? She goes, I go up to them when they come to me with an offer and I say, um, you just got Johnny over here, signed him for twice what you're giving me. So you have an option. You give me that or I'm going to take well, me someone else. and my millions of fans and we'll go somewhere else. What's your choice? 
You know, and so she's got a good yeah. business sense about her. She's like, listen, I'm and not if the you're, victim. And if at that point you're a slightly balding, like, 35-year-old business lawyer that went to, like, Stanford wow, that graduate hurt. school. You just hurt me deeply. Like, <laughs> Cardi B's probably not the person you can handle. Right. So no, you probably you. go, yes, ma'am. Yeah, no, she'll definitely cut you. We'll redraft this. <laughs> we'll, redraft, we'll redraft this. We forgot it's a zero. Okay. We yeah. forgot that zero, and I apologize. Like, you know, it's 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 easy to get away with with Bruno Mars because you're like, oh, look at how cute he is. Yeah, he's adorable. Look at him. He's one of the underrated talents, I feel. And then Cardi B comes up. She's like, you give me more money, and you're like, yes. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Here you go. <laughs> and it, was hyster- it was hysterical. Like, I don't know if it was the same interview or a different interview. She's talking about how her husband bought her, like, this Mercedes-Benz truck or something. Or Lamborghini truck. I forgot what it was. But either way, um, no, I think it was, I think it was, I think she was on the Ellen show. And and Ellen, Ellen goes, I thought you didn't have a license. She goes, I don't. Yeah, why would she give a fuck? She could afford right. to pay a ticket. She's like, so why do you want this Lamborghini truck? She goes... Isn't it pretty? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, you gotta respect that level of honesty. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on. Uh, but she's so, got, she's got the swag to get away with that. Like, she could probably go up to Bruno Mars. Yeah. Like Dark Knight style, like the Joker, and just look him in the eye and go, "You work for me now," and he'd be like, "Okay, <laughs> yes, ma'am. You signing over your catalog to me now?" Yeah. And he'd be like, okay. Well, and the funny thing is, is that for as honest as she is, because you're absolutely right. Prove me right, wrong, Bruno. Right, pro- <laughs> you're absolutely right for as honest as she is. Like, she she also said, I remember the one other thing I'll say about her, because um, I really do respect her business. Um, she said, listen, I'm not spending twenty or 30000 on a private jet. She goes, listen, both of the, I can fly first class on a regular plane. It's going to get me to the same place as I need to go. And why do I need to spend twenty or thirty thousand dollars to do it? My ears still pop. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and I I totally respected that. You know, I was like, that's respect right there. She's like, listen, you're not gonna get. She's like, I am constantly checking my account. You know, and and that keeps her humble. I think. You know, she's like, listen, I may be worth a lot of money, but I ain't going back. I know what I would go back to. Right. And, and I'm not she's, going back. I mean, also, you gotta figure. No offense, but. Most of Cardi B's fans probably not flying first class on American no, Airlines. So like, was she, was she gonna worry about the I mean, fuck the fucking Enron guy sitting next to her that recognizing her? Like, no. But to your point, they'd probably be scared of her too. Of She'd course, like, yeah. The guy sitting up. there like <laughs> some some fucking dumbass Silicon Valley dipshit that's right. working on like some new Roku. Yeah, streaming thing or whatever. <laughs> like, what's he gonna look over? And go, Are you the wet ass pussy lady? <laughs> <laughs> I really just can't believe how you uh, write your like, music. Even if he was pretty sure, you'd be sitting there like, I think that's the wet ass pussy lady. Yeah. But if I ask and I'm wrong, <gasps> right? <laughs> that's so true. She's gonna beat the shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got we got onto Cardi B there. We got that onto was, Cardi B. Listen, you know what? That's that's a great way to. <laughs> God bless you, Cardi B. God bless you, Cardi ass B. Pussy. And that wet ass pussy. <laughs> we res- we respect the choice to be simple. That's right. That's, that's not an easy choice to make for somebody that can do complex. Correct. Yeah, I, I Josh got the bucket and I got the mop, so <laughs> 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 we get this taken care of. All right. 
Well, if that's not a and scene kind of moment to wrap this up on, I don't know what the fuck would be. So, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Of course, of course. Anybody that made it on to the end, congratulations yeah. as always. God bless you Canadian listeners, eh? Uh, We're family. We're family. Yeah. Anybody that feels the need to listen to us is fine by me. So, all right. Thank you for coming on again. We'll talk soon on a new episode of Conversations with Random Nobodies.